Welcome to Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the Janet Jackson podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we are going to talk about Janet Jackson's Come Back to Me. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. Really? <laughs> you stopped me. You stopped me right before I was about to set the mood. Why did you start with that midnight soul voice? <laughs> I'm trying to set the mood for the episode. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll do it again. Do it again. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Kim. I tried to be sexy, but you ain't gonna let me be sexy with this. This just go. <laughs> okay, do your sexy. Do your sexy. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. It's cousin Cam, and it's time to set the mood for "Come Back to Me." So grab a glass of wine and let's reminisce on this classic. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Yes, that is fantastic. I'm excited for this one. But before we get into this song, I was thinking about something and I want your opinion on it. All right. Okay. I was one of the 1.7 million viewers on Instagram watching Jeezy and Gucci Man do their thing. And it kind of makes me think that Janet should do a versus. If she was asked. And here we go again. All right. <laughs> okay. Just hear me out because I okay. know how you feel. <laughs> Here's a couple of reasons. My first reason is if she's planning to release Black Diamond in 2021, this will bring her fan base back together. Right now, her fan base, we're kind of all over the place and we're focusing on other artists. I know. I'm focused on Mariah's cookies and you talking about Dion Ward's Twitter. <laughs> okay. Well, to be fair, to be fair, Dion Ward has the best Twitter account <laughs> out there. I mean, like it brings me so much joy. And you say that with joy too. <laughs> <laughs> if, if nobody else likes her tweets, you gonna be gonna right be there. there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, my other point is, I noticed that, and this happened to me, because I'm a Jeezy fan, but it helps build streams and sales, which you know is the way music business is working right now. Mm -hmm. And by me watching Versus, I realized, hey, let me refresh myself on Jeezy, and I found out I missed the album. So, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) a whole, look, I looked at it, and I was like, when did you drop this? (laughs) Like, this never came up in suggestions, so... (laughs) I'm just saying, once you do verses, people start streaming you more. Hey, that fraud, do it, do do what they did. Do the verses on a Thursday, drop Black Diamond on a Friday, and just watch everybody just talk about Janet all weekend until the next verses. So she'll be killing social media, and that's what she wants. Agree? Man, listen, I can't really disagree with anything that you said. You know how I feel? I just feel like the people who run versus do not deserve Janet Jackson. Um, but I mean, I think you're right. I think, it, like you said, it would be a rally for her fan base. And also, and I think I said this before, I think that it would be really good to introduce people who don't know her full catalog, because a lot of people know a song or two here and there or an album here or there, but people just really don't know the depth of her artistry and the back catalog. And so I agree, like it could really do that. I, I if she did it, I would understand. And if she doesn't do it, I would understand. But you're right about it giving a buzz. And you done did a whole marketing plan. Maybe I don't know how you should do this, but somehow you could get this plan to her because <laughs> I, I mean, you sold me. I don't. <laughs> now, and this is my final point right here because the thing is who do you get? Who do you get? Who do you get to go against Janet? Who do you get to go this? Look. She don't need to really go against nobody, but maybe her alter ego. One side could be Demita Joe, the other side could be Miss Jackson. She could just use her personality to go back and forth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you lost me. <laughs> but okay, okay. Now, let me put a B to it. Okay, if let me she doesn't. Okay, let's hear the B. If that doesn't work, if she don't want to do that concept, she can just do what Babyface did. Mm-hmm. Babyface went against Teddy Riley. He didn't try to put no spin. He didn't put no hooks and no big old wah wah woo woo. No, he played his part, which is Babyface is known for being cool. Mm-hmm. He was cool with it. He played his hit. 
He took you back. He got you excited. And mission accomplished. That face came out of verses looking good. He absolutely did. And it was a perfect setup. I agree with that. I, I like plan B better than A. I think that, that her fandom understands the personalities a little better than the general public. So that okay. might be bizarre uh, okay. if we're trying to appeal to a larger audience. But that's just me. I like You might yeah. be on to something. I do like, you know, the way Babyface handled it, which was like just to be cool. He yeah. didn't really try to compete. He just told some fun stories. Mm-hmm. about the songs and just let the music speak for itself mm-hmm. and then i think didn't like tony braxton chime in a little hype mm-hmm. she, yeah, yeah. She, she's the hype man for the for the <laughs> event i appreciate that um there are definitely good reasons for her to do a versus um and i still feel how i feel like if she wants to do it i do think that there needs to be something you know we talked about Dion warwick and i do think that there needs to be something that as fans that we can grab on to and talk about, like, let mm-hmm. us do the publicity for you, like leading up to that black diamond. Like you got all these fan accounts and folks who are excited about you mm-hmm. always, whether you're doing something or not, but like, give us something to talk about so that we can mm-hmm. kind of build the hype. You know, like my fave Ms. Dion Warwick <laughs> is doing right now, you know, as she starts to kind of do this media tour, she's been super active on Twitter in the last, few weeks and even like to the point of like telling us like I have to step away now I'm doing an interview I'll be back right like (laughs) it's just so darling it's like you know when your auntie leaves the room she like just makes you I'll be in the kitchen for a minute baby but I'll be right back you know it's like (laughs) it's so adorable and I just it's funny to me to watch her navigate this like it's gonna be 80 years old by the time this comes out she probably will be 80 years old and just to watch her navigate that space and give people some excitement and a buzz. And I just, I would, I would, would like to see Janet and her team be able to do that as well. So yeah, versus could definitely give people fodder. Like let's give them something to talk about. And that absolutely would. So you made some excellent points. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I worked hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, while I'm talking about Babyface, I just want to talk about his new collaboration with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. Uh, they released a single called He Don't Know Nothing About It. And I must admit, it's growing on me. Uh, basically, it's about a guy you know, serenading to a woman, letting her know that, hey, you better off dealing with something different. He don't know nothing about love. He's just talking a whole bunch of games. It's all capped. And he just brings back true R&B where you know what he's talking about, but he delivers a message in a beautiful way. And honestly, I think they're showing these young cats, this is how you do right, it. Right, right. They really spit gay. But he really had to tell people, like, he got all them cars and he don't own none. Like, you ain't had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, I so appreciate their songwriting and their artistry. And I'm super excited about this project. And this first entry with Babyface, I'm telling you, like, I prejudged it. And I'm sorry, I prejudged it because generally when songs be a song titles are a whole sentence. I'm suspicious of those songs. (laughs) (laughs) As you clicked the button, you was like, I'm very suspicious. Yeah, I'm suspicious of what this might be. But it is the jam. And the thing is, it feels it feels like it would have been fine in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. And it's fine right now. Like it's beautiful right Mm -hmm. now as it is. And that is the testament that these cats been making flawless hits since like what the 70s and 80s. And their songs fit in any time they're in. Like anytime you play a Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis song, like if you play a Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis song and Babyface for that fact. Oh yeah. Like songs yes. by Babyface have this same appeal. And that is if you press play the day it's made, or if you press play 35 years from the day it's made, it's perfect in any atmosphere. It sounds like it belongs in any place that it's played. And so I appreciate that. And it's a, a hopefully a sign of things to come. You know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are going to do their basically their first ever album of original music in 2021. And it's so funny because like we might get Black Diamond in 2021. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you listen to Jimmy, he tells a story often about how they were working on their first album when they were working on Janet Jackson's first album and how mm. What Have You Done For Me Lately, the actual track, was meant to be for their first album. <laughs> um, and then it, it, it was, I don't want to say stolen, they graciously gave uh, yeah. it to Janet Jackson and it became What Have You Done For Me Lately. And which was a hit. <laughs> yes, which is a hit. But it's so funny that they're like just now getting to their first album after all of that. But I say that to say, wouldn't it be great if like Jamie Jam and Terry Lewis out there doing their thing and Janet Jackson's out there doing her thing at the same time? And wouldn't it be great if like those things overlap? Like we got to believe a little bit, right? There might be a Janet Jackson song on there or no. What do you say? It think? has to be. It has to be. Janet's their sister. Come on. Yeah, Jenny gotta give, gotta I, give us some vocals. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel it because on one hand, you might say maybe they would want to separate a bit, but I don't get that. I never get that they felt like they were defined by Janet Jackson, even though a lot of people try to m marry them together as if they're a single entity, like Janet is not Janet without Jim Jam and Terry Lewis and vice versa. They have had tremendous success with one another, but Jim and Terry have had tremendous success with everybody that they've touched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm just super excited. Yes. Yeah. So, and shift quickly, I um, wanted to say thank you to all the people who entered our giveaway for the 33 and the third series from Bloomsbury uh, featuring Ayana Delzier and Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope. Mm -hmm. Folks who entered, we gave away five copies of that book. I hope you guys are enjoying them. We got a really cool shout out from at F Hinton. Uh, he left us a lovely note on Twitter and talked about just how that album had impacted him and how he enjoys the podcast. And we really can't say thank you enough. Like any of those notes, mm -hmm. like I know people uh, sometimes tweet at us and they just say, hey, love the episode or, um, you know, listening right now. And y'all don't know what that means. It means a lot for us in terms of like, yay, we know somebody's listening. But more so than that, it means a lot to us because we don't like tweeting about the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anytime someone else does it for us it is tremendous like we appreciate it so so much that is probably my least favorite part of this what we're doing and it's probably the part that has made me think um more often than not that like we might just hang these microphones up um, <laughs> be because i just that part of like the marketing and the promotion and all of that stuff is really exhausting like i like this part where, you know, I'm just talking to my cousin and we're just having a good time. I love this part. Um, but there's other parts. And, yep. uh, but we're going to get the train moving. We promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, again, just thank you to everybody who even likes or retweets or just shares about the podcast. That is so helpful to us and we appreciate you greatly. So, thanks for that. Yes, thank you for the love. <laughs> Let's get to come back to me, begging you please. Okay, I got to work on my key. Yeah. Come back to me. Okay, let me stop singing. Cause yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yes, we're talking about one of my favorite ballads, Come Back to Me, recorded in 1989 at Flytime Studios and released June 18, 1990 on A&M Records. Yeah. Um, so this one, of course, was from Janet's fourth studio album, uh, Rhythm Nation, and I always like to look and see, like, where did this come in the series? So we know Rhythm Nation, she was just, she was just cranking out the hits off of that one. Right. So I was like, you know, where did this fall? And this one actually came between All Right and Black Cat. And that's an interesting series. <laughs> Why? Why do you think it's interesting? It's just unexpected. Like, All Right was kind of big band upbeat. Mm -hmm. And then this song is like, ultimate and mellow and harmonies and layers and then black cat is rock yeah yeah she's like i got different layers I, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put different tastes on your palate <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's truly 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 one of the most i think one of the most beautiful love songs she's ever made for sure and maybe ever made period and you will be correct <laughs> no lies detected i'm telling you I just remember hearing this song and was saying to myself, oh, like, I don't know what it is about. I do know what it is about this song. I just think it's the fact that it, the way the song flows, it's unforgettable. 
I remember just why I couldn't wait to watch the video. I couldn't wait for the song to be played. And I always liked the tender side of Janet. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, you know, other cuts from Rhythm Nation. Mm-hmm. But the, anytime I get the tender side of Janet, it's like, Janet can do no wrong. Girl. <laughs> Come back to me. <laughs> yeah. So obviously this song talks about, you know, a lover who is trying to, she's reminiscing over the time that they spent together, but also just really thinking about like, you know, basically how will I go on and kind of basically soliciting her lover to return. And this song is so beautifully constructed, like from the very first note, mm-hmm. it sets the tone and you're in the moment with her. It's haunting and heartbreaking and beautiful. And some of the prettiest harmonies you'll ever hear. I think Janet has amazing harmonies in a lot of songs. And funnily, she has great harmonies in some really terrible songs. But <laughs> this song has it all. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it is just such beautiful harmonies are on this song. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know what to say. Yeah, I think the humming at the beginning is just breathtaking. I think also it just makes you feel, I don't know, it just, it sets the mood really throughout the whole song because it just, it's very soft. And it's not, it really becomes a part of the song. Mm-hmm. So you know how you were saying like. It's like it's part very, of the instrumentation. Yeah. And honestly, if you hear that humming on the radio, you already know, okay, this is, gen- this is come back to me. Mm-hmm. So I think that once again, kudos to Jimmy and Terry for that type of production. And the song to me is, is underrated. And the core progression is really unique. It's not a whole bunch of notes here and there. It's simple and it's smooth like butter, baby. Yeah, it is. is. (laughs) You feel me? You feel me? This song makes you feel warm. (laughs) (laughs) This song is like, I don't know, because the feeling kind of makes you feel hollow and it's a bit cold because obviously this person is aching and is longing but at the same time it feels like a hug <laughs> like yeah it does it does and like I said I just automatically feel this connection with Jenna as she's singing the lyrics I'm just like yeah Jen I've been there girl mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah I think that's one of the things that she does so well is the way she delivers a song you can put yourself in the song mm-hmm. you, you know you talked about the chords and um Jimmy Jam, he has a quote where he talks about, um, you know, when they did the song, this was actually one of his favorite songs. He, he really loved the lyrics and the vocal. But he said the most interesting part was the live strings. And that's not something that they had initially orchestrated. So, like, I think, you, you know, they decided that they basically were done with the song. And Janet, you know, is listening to the playback and everybody's grooving. And she's like, yeah, that's great. It'd be really cool to have some strings, huh? <laughs> They're like... Oh, so we're not done. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they um, ended up going to an arranger. His name is Lee Blask or Blasky. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, to do some string arrangements for him. And they liked it so much. Like, you know, how at the very end, it's just basically like, it's like an orchestral piece. But yeah, I mean, it's just so beautiful at the very end. And it it lingers just long enough. Like, this is a kind of long song. Um, And I know you don't like long songs. I am, you know, if it's a good song, I'm all for it. But I never once heard you complain about this one being too long. Mm -mm. Because you're right. Like, once the strings are in and it starts to fade, it simmers. It's just like, it just, it gives you a chance to breathe. You know what I'm saying? You know, I just let my emotions pull, pulled all my emotions out and now I'm breathing. You know what I'm saying? Even the opening line of this song is fantastic. And what I love about it is it feels like it starts in the middle of the story. Like she's already telling you <laughs> about <laughs> what's going on. And like, you're just, you know, you're just a continuation of that. Like the very first line is probably my favorite in the whole song. And it's probably one of my favorite opening lines of all time mm-hmm. looking through my old drawer came mm-hmm. across the letter you wrote 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that was just so unexpected, but perfectly sets the tone. Like, you know exactly what this song is going to be about in like those first seven words. Oh, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I used to keep and I still do keep a keepsake box with some letters, you know, that you got when you was crushing. So, I mean, sometimes when you clean out the closet and you, she probably was you like, man, let me read this letter. Oh. Man, I remember this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just takes you back. It just takes you to this place that you maybe haven't thought about in a while. And it just, she captures it all within these five minutes and 32 seconds <laughs> of this song. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have a confession. I use these lyrics to Mac on somebody who had broke up with me to uh, come back. I was like, uh-uh, let me tell you this. Did it work? No. <laughs> I was a band geek. And the, like you was talking about the opening, mine's is more towards the end where the line where she says, Lord knows that I have tried to live my life as one. Friends tell me to hold on. Tough times don't last for long. And then she goes right into my abandoned heart. Yes. Just understand my undying love for you won't let me wait. Yeah. Okay. So That's, first of all, that is a perfect closing that won't let you, me wait. Oh my gosh. Every <laughs> loving closing phrase. Like. <laughs> but we all been there with your friend. Your friends be like, don't go there. You just like, hold on. Uh-uh, y'all don't understand. <laughs> this I'm is, in love. <laughs> listen, I'm going to confess, though, because this is a song, like, as much as I adore this song, like, I am one of those people. So I definitely have been in relationships that had felt like a revolving door. Well, not relationships. It was literally one relationship where it felt like we broke up and got back together and broke up and got back together. And since that time, I'm like the type who's like, don't let the door hit you. Like when is when we're done, we're done. And so, because I'm gonna do everything I can to make it work. If if you know if we're both feeling it and if it's you know mutual. But um, when we're done, we're done. And so, this song as a kid, you know, I really didn't understand it. But as an adult, I'm like, well, what did you do, Janet? <laughs> Why you got to make this begging song? <laughs> it's not a begging song. He didn't leave for no reason. What did you do? <laughs> she tried to tell you her undying love. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Came across a letter. <laughs> she, that letter touched her soul. She started thinking about, man, we had some good times. Mm-hmm. Do I send that text message to say, hey, big head, mm-hmm. or, or, or what you doing? And then try to play it off like, oh, I didn't mean to text you. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying I've done that before. It doesn't just sound like you have. It doesn't sound like you have any experience with that. Yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you can't tell your story. Listen, it's a message in the story. Okay, I would accept it. And maybe it wasn't her. Maybe, but still, if it's not her, then he did it. Then maybe you don't want him back. Don't be begging for nobody back that's done you wrong. So, anyway. See, that's why I say you can't do Hallmark cards. <laughs> your Hallmark cards will be rough. <laughs> oh, I just, I really feel like that's my calling. That's on my bucket list. That's, that's not your calling. That's no. on my bucket list. I want to write greeting cards. And you know, I don't I don't have any chills. So they're just going to be pretty direct. But I feel like that's what the world needs. That's my calling. No, that's not, that's not, your, heart. That's not your anointing. <laughs> no. Sometimes you need the truth. Listen, you know, if you can count on me for anything. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> Try to be a beacon for people. You know, that's all I try to do. And if I, hey, I believe you can say anything you want to people as long as it's kind and as long as it's true. And if you can't be kind, at least make it true. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about the fact that Janet, (laughs) we gotta move on. Let's just talk about the fact that Janet recorded a Spanish version of this song. And unfortunately, I didn't pass Spanish, but I'm going to give it a shot. It's Veu Amy. <laughs> I like the attempt. Say it again. Veu Levi Amy. Did you take Spanish? I went to sleep. It was like the second <laughs> class in high school. I was sleepy, buddy. But you were in the room. 
Yeah, when Spanish was being spoken. They, they, who? <laughs> they, me. It's, well, they are me. And I love it so much. I, I love it like- so much. I actually, I actually kind of think the Spanish uh-uh. version. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Don't you say that. It is more... I don't know if haunting's the right word because I don't mean it's like scary. I just mean it lingers with you, and I feel like that Spanish version is just more warmth, more more hugs. It's good. It's good. It's alright. <laughs> it's good. I'm telling you, it's good. The abandoned heart mix is my favorite version because pretty much it's nothing but strings. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was going to tell you, like, I need you to tell me, the single has, like, the Come Back to Me remixes single, I, I'm calling it a single, but I guess it's just a short play record, I don't know what it is, but there's, like, seven mm-hmm. entries on this thing, mm-hmm. um, the various Come Back to Me version, so there's the Abandoned Heart mix, the I'm Begging You mix, of course, there's the Spanish version, there is Skin Game, mm-hmm. is actually the official B-side. Mm-hmm. Um, for for come back to me, which is I think is a very interesting pairing. But you know, when it, when it gets to all those mixes, abandoned heart, I'm begging you. I'm glad that you know the differences between them because to me, it felt very much like the director's cut. Like when I was when I was listening to these songs intently so that we could have this conversation, I just could not pick out like what was super different. And it felt like you know, like when I'm making a film, sometimes I. You, you have more than one shot for a single scene. And so now mm-hmm. you have to decide like, okay, which do you shot A, shot B, shot C? Do you, you know, for each each moment, each beat of that scene, you got to decide A, shot A, shot B, shot C. And you can mix those up a hundred different ways and you can give them to people and, and very likely 80% of them would convey the exact same message. People won't even have no idea that you deliberated for two weeks on <laughs> shot A, shot B, shot C. And that's how I felt about these remixes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the abandoned heart mix is the be is it to me is the best just because it's like it's more personal. It's like I could see her in a club or, you know, like a MTV unplug when that was around doing this song and making it very intimate. No no drums, no nothing, just her and the music. So Abandoned Heart Mix, I prefer it more than I do the original version, but I love both equally. Like, I can't just really, I wouldn't be mad at either one if they were played. I think the I'm Begging You mix is a little bit longer with the intro. I'm going to take your word for it. I mean, I listen to them all, but I don't know what I'm listening to differently unless the Spanish one comes on. I need you not to love that Spanish so much. (laughs) It's so good. And her accent is tremendous. Like you might, you know, I'm not a native speaker, but like she might could trick some people if they didn't know which Janet Jackson. Yeah. So this song also, so we talked about Janet and the multitude of versions and how much we love all of them for different reasons. Um, a lot of other people love these songs too. There's many covers mm-hmm. of this song. We we we'll, we'll talk about a couple of them, but there are quite a few covers out there. Um, yes, one of them that I remember listening to is Tierra Marie. Come back to me was on her unfinished business album released in 2012. Uh you think it's fine? I think it's okay, but it's missing something. Like all I heard was bad drumming. like no offense it's one of those songs that you really can't make your own because it's such a distinctive song of Janet it's really tough yeah so all I could hear was oh you switched the drums up huh yeah I I didn't really I didn't even really notice that I thought it was just fine and you're right the drums are I guess the the biggest difference because they're a little more contemporary I guess Mm -hmm. um but I I mean, I thought it was fine, but I mean, I think you did hit on something and it's something that I definitely felt in the Marion Meadows version. So Marion Meadows is a saxophonist, but on his version, he does have vocalists. He's got uh, Will Downing and I want to say her name is Asha. I hope I'm getting that right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I love, I adore Will Downing, and I think he could just sing oh. around anything. And, and and also, he's beautiful, but also his voice is equally beautiful. Um, <laughs> but a thing for Will, listen, don't you? <laughs> and he sings a Janet Jackson song. He sings anything. Oh my God, that's amazing! So if you all aren't bumping Will Downing singing anything, you need to go check that out. But on this one, it is it's okay. Um, it's okay. I, I think it's hard. I think it's hard. This song, like, is just infused with just a warmth. And some of that just comes from the way that Janet, Jen, Jimmy, and Terry layered those vocals mm-hmm. and the harmonies that she built. Some mm-hmm. of that just comes from her delivery, like her very soft sing song, melodic, just smooth delivery. Um, and it's hard to replicate what those, all of those different parts equal. I feel like it's a magic that only she could do. And so it's really hard to just get it just right. And so that for me, that one is not a song I go back to often. (laughs) (laughs) Now there are some other instrumental versions that I do like fairly well. Yeah, Ramsey Lewis did a version. Didn't he have his own show on BET? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, Ramsey Lewis did one, which is okay. I kind of like it. I can dig it. Yeah, I liked it. You know, my only complaint with the Ramsey Lewis version, and it's it's really I like it's gonna sound crazy when I say it because it still is one of my favorite of the instrumental versions. Um, but it definitely sounds like something that should be featured on like the Peanuts, Charlie Brown. Like I could see them <laughs> cutting a rug, like dancing down. <laughs> Those zombie dances they do with their arms out. I could see them dancing down. On that mm-hmm. Ramsey Lewis version, it sounds exactly like something that should be in a Peanuts cartoon. So Snoopy will be dancing on the piano. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Schroeder will be getting it. So I hope <laughs> I hope that doesn't deter anybody who hasn't heard it. <laughs> you should definitely go check out the Ramsey Lewis version. But yeah, you're gonna see it. <laughs> My absolute favorite version is a uh, instrumental by Arturo Sandoval. Um, it's a trumpet version. Uh, you know, I used to play the trumpet. You used to play the trumpet. So I got a little affinity for trumpets. <laughs> the amateur. <laughs> Re- released in 1999. And it's good. I don't have nothing else to say. It's good. He does a good job for a trumpet. Because you got to think with a trumpet, it's kind of hard to be sensual unless you really know how to play that thing. Because my trumpet playing was always bad. <laughs> well, okay. See, see, that's where you went wrong. Don't compare Arturo Sandoval <laughs> to your April concert. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is getting it. He's it's really good. I like it. It's just the interpretation is really good. Um, the dynamics, um, the emotion that he's able to convey. I think I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then my boy, one of my favorite rappers, Plies. He assembled the song for his Busted Baby Part 2 featuring Neo. And Janet appears on the So So Deaf exclusive remix of the song. The reason why Ply's song was hitting is because of those strings. And also, it's just the fact that that. So, shout out to Ply's for paying homage. To the big three, Janet, Jimmy, and Terry. I love the song. And really, that's the only reason why I started listening to him was because of the song. No offense. Really? I love you. <laughs> yeah. Because okay, I was okay. like, I was driving and I remember hearing it. And I was like, wait a minute, this sounds like some Janet. Mm-hmm. And then I heard him say, bust. I'm like, no, Janet don't sing about no busted. Wait a <laughs> she don't sing about no busted. But then, of course, I, I like Neo too. And I was like, wait a minute. All right. And I wasn't mad at them because sometimes I get mad at folks when they sample some stuff. I'd be like, why y'all touch this? Just don't leave it alone. Yeah, I thought it was well done. I thought that it was, I thought it worked well for the song. And I know that there are lots of people who think like, you know, the So So Deaf exclusive remix with Janet actually singing on there is like the better than even the other version. I don't have any strong feelings for this song. Like all I can say is, I thought they used the sample well. Like, <laughs> that's all I got. 
Can I translate that for the audience? Meaning, if it came on the radio, she would let it play, but she would at the same time would be mad if it got interrupted by a commercial. Exactly. That is perfect. <laughs> that's that's a cousin Cam note. But that is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that's that's what you say. Whereas cousin Cam would like, oh, let this bump. <laughs> I don't need no remix. Let this bump. I can dig it. So this song got pretty good reception. Like right off the bat, uh, basically everybody loved this song. Mm. Eric Henderson of Slant Magazine, one of the things he said was, come back to me smartly obscures Janet's nondescript pillow talk delivery within luscious folds upon folds of gut-wrenching chord changes, topping the tragic plunging bridge with a soaring cinematic outro that leaves Janet speechless, admitting, I don't know what else to say. It's the quintessential song in the key of heartbreak, but its despair leaves listeners properly stripped and ready to receive the pornography of some days tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I was not before the pornography of some days tonight, but I just think that's a pretty funny line. The whole line is um, leaves the listeners ready to receive the pornography of some days tonight, which I'm still not sure I'm old enough to listen to. Yeah. yeah okay. Um. I don't know why he had to bring the pornography part in there, but he's on porn. Wrote. <laughs> but he is. I didn't um, bring it. Eric Henderson brought it. Well, he on point pretty much for most of what he's saying because the chord changes are good. They, they are gut wrenching. And yes, you know if you've ever been through a breakup, this will make you grab your pillow and want to know what to do. So he, I agree, and I must admit, like for a minute. Until anytime, any place came out, this was my number one slow jam from Janet. I still love this song. I mean, I really love this song. Oh, I love this song. And I think, as far as some days tonight, it's so funny. Like when you go back and look at these types of things, because that's what they were writing in 1990 um, about how raunchy some days tonight was, <laughs> not knowing <laughs> where we were headed, because that on the Janet rating scale <laughs> that is definitely pg oh yeah that's 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 g because <laughs> <laughs> okay. i could think of one song for then that i guess that was janet rated r because that's as far as we had gotten but <laughs> mm. <laughs> this was definitely in in the grand scheme of things <laughs> look let me do my uh that's so raven predict the future in the future i predict she takes it to a whole another level <laughs> And yeah. I'm gonna be mad at her. <laughs> I think it's ad- I think it's adorable that that they thought some days tonight was raunchy. I think it's so cute. Um, <laughs> the charts, the charts, the charts. How did it do? This song right here reached number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Uh, she came in second place to Mariah Carey "Vision of Love," which is my favorite Mariah Carey song of all time. Mm-hmm, so I, I can't I even be mad. <laughs> I ain't even mad. Because that vision of love was hitting. <laughs> I want to be sure because this song should be number one, but I can't. <laughs> you know, remember, I had that vision of love. It was over. Listen. <laughs> Every and time we the- for four years, there was some child trying to sing, treated me uh, kind. This <laughs> is <laughs> sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> And then make us a bad head. When one sweet day came out, doggone, he couldn't have a high school talent show. Lord. Anyways, we we were talking about Janet, though. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So, so number, number two on the high uh-huh. 100. And on the U.S. Um, US high R&B songs, it came in second place behind the time jerk out. Becoming the fifth top five single from Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, eighteen fourteen. I just want to say, who was? How did the Times jerk out <laughs> beat Janet to number one on this? Listen, I don't know what to tell you about that because I don't understand it either. I don't understand it. I barely remember that song, but I what I do remember is the time was hot, and I do remember when that song came out, people were loving it. And I can tell you right now, if the time decided to have a concert tomorrow, it would be full because people of all ages love the time. So I'm not like 
I can't remember it being that popular. So right now, thinking about it, like comparatively, of like which song has left the longest impression, you like, it's got to be Come Back to Me, right? Right. But I can tell you that people have an attachment to the time that I understand because they're fun. They are yeah. fun. And Morris Day is probably the most underrated front man of a He band. is, absolutely. Absolutely. I might tweet that tomorrow. Write that down. Absolutely, yeah. So again, <laughs> while I feel like it should be number one, and I really feel legitimately like it should be number one, it, it didn't make it on the high R&B hip-hop songs, and I, got, I get it. I get it. Right. But it yeah. did become Janet's first number one hit on the U.S. adult contemporary chart. To me, this was like really her, you know, making it to the adult contemporary chart means like that's your first grown up song. Uh, but uh, uh, Let's Wait a While did make it to the adult contemporary charts. It only made it to number two. So Let's Wait a While was her almost first adult grown up song. Um, but Come Back to Me was really made her like, you know, she was an adult. She could be on Midnight. So. Mm, mm, mm. We gotta talk about that. Let's wait a while. <laughs> that was my jam too. <laughs> it was. That was my real jam. That was my probably my first, this first favorite slow song I can remember as a kid. Like mm. I remember really? waiting for that little black and white video to come on, patiently waiting for that video to come on so I could hear that song. Hey, what was his name? Bruce Leroy from the Last Dragon. It was. It was Bruce Leroy. <laughs> You are the last dragon. <laughs> also, just to add, just a little footnote, it did reach number three in Canada, while also reaching number 20 in United Kingdom and number 21 in Ireland. They must not have been in love, but we'll, we'll, we'll take it. Maybe they were in love. Their hearts weren't broken. <laughs> um, the video. Let's the, talk about the video. Let's please. Let's please. Because I just had the occasion to watch this for this conversation. I probably have not seen this video from start to finish since, I don't know, probably the Janet era. I probably have not seen this video start to finish. So I I watched it only one time through, but it was a solid one time through. And I got opinions. (laughs) You go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Directed by Dominique Sina, filmed in November 1989. The video is set in Paris, France. In the video, Janet deals with a former lover leaving her and reminiscing about the good moments they spent together. <sighs> the male lead in the video was Renee, which we found out was soon to be secret husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was a, can I just have another confession moment? Yes. I was a little jelly of him because he got a chance to walk around Paris with Janet. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, and like, that's a, I think that's a reasonable response. Yeah, I think this was before we any of us kind of knew. Like, we kind of knew, but we didn't know. Like, we, we just knew he was always around. Mm-hmm. This was my first time seeing Renee without glasses. Yeah, I wasn't really feeling Renee at the time just because he was with my girl. Because he was okay. with your girl? I'm sorry. He was with my girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just was concerned. I was like, can you see? I'm worried. Can somebody bring him his glasses? Well, when you squint, sometimes it's sexy. So when it was a sexy look. <laughs> Like, I'm squint, baby, to show you my sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, like in the video, it just shows like a lot of scenes from around Paris. So, you see like the Eiffel Tower, the Palace, the Champs de Mars area, Montmartre, a bunch of places that you know you go to when you land in Paris and they tell you that you got to see. And by the third one, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. Except for the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> now, I never understood this, the scene with the with the couple fighting. It's it's out of place. That's the one thing that is out of place. But what I noticed in the video, so like when you see the beginning of the video, it's just a bunch of images of different places. But one of the things that's prevalent is the train. So it opens at the train station and then you see the train passing overhead. And then later you see the subways going past, well not the subways, the elevated trains going past the windows. <laughs> and so it's just a lot of trains, like a lot, lot, lot of trains. <laughs> And this was the first time, I hate to admit this, but I was a child when this video was popular, so it's not my fault. You know, I really didn't realize, like, the moral of this story is, like, we keep seeing this train, this motif. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the beginning, there's a person, you just see luggage at the train station. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, a person gets on the train with the luggage, and then Jan turns and sings, da-da-da-da-da. And walks away. And I just today 
in 2020 realized this whole thing was like a flashback of their memories in Paris. But that whole video was about the moment, the real moment in time was he got on the train to leave her. Really? I think so. You didn't get it either? Good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think that is supposed to be him getting on the train or the one holding the luggage waiting at the train station in the beginning and it's him who gets on the train at the end i could be very wrong but i feel like that's what i saw in my one thorough watching Mm-mm-mm. so we really watching him you know why i started like really keying on it because the train is the star of the show the train got more screen time than janet <laughs> and of course, I'm watching like with with my camera eye and I'm thinking to myself, everything in this video, like what? how is this video special? Because like everything in this video, there wasn't but two shots that I figured I couldn't get with an iPhone and a tripod. Like there was only two shots that were like really impressive from a, just a technical standpoint. But the rest is such a beautiful video. Like I just. It's. I don't know how to explain it. It's so simple, so elegant, and so pretty that I think I missed like the story it was trying to tell. I'm, oh my God. Look, I'm saying to myself that was I not paying attention? I think we gotta watch it. I think we gotta watch it. So we what we're gonna do is after this conversation, we're gonna watch the video and then if we need to do an addendum on the end, we're gonna do an addendum. But I think I got it pulled up. Okay. Hmm. But you know, I'm mad that you really don't watch this video like like you're supposed to, because this is a jam. Like I'm supposed to. <laughs> yeah, like you can't let this song. I just when you told me like I haven't really seen, I haven't watched that video in a long time. I'm like a long time, like a year. You like no nah, longer than that. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what's on your playlist. And you know what's funny? Well, first of all, I don't need to listen to the video. I mean, watch the video. I have the song. I can listen to the song. And what's funny though is like I can still see the video in my mind. Like when I watched it today, aside from like really paying attention to why they want me to see all these trains, I can still see every shot in that video. Like that's how much of an impression it made on me. That's how lasting of an impression and I just thought even as a kid I just thought like this is the most beautiful thing in the world and it was really so simple and I really think that only Dominic Center can do that like a lot of people can do flashy and big and brash and do that well and do all the fancy cuts and this but he literally just like pieced together all these pictures and and just small vignettes and little moments you know the moment where they're Laughing and talking in the cafe is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, the moment where they're walking, of course, underneath an overpass for a train, when they're mm-hmm. walking underneath the train, that is so beautiful. There's a moment where they're arm in arm, and I think he's walking with like a clothes umbrella, and they're just chatting. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where they pause, and they're leaning up against like a viaduct or something, and he's got her enclosed in his coat. Yeah. I can describe all of these things even if I hadn't seen the video recently, like I remember all of those beautiful images that they were able to create in that video, which surprisingly is shorter than the song, but it's still five minutes. And that's a long for a video. Ain't nobody dancing. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to think though, Dominique, he's the videos that he's done for Janet have been like memorable. Let's wait a while. Rhythm nation. I mean, I'm sorry, Let's Wait a While, Pleasure Principle, like iconic. So, I mean, I just feel like, yeah, he did do Rhythm Nation. I don't know why I thought he didn't. Yeah, he did Rhythm Nation. uh So I just think like he knows that Janet at this time wasn't really about flashy and being, you know, standing out. She was still making her own lane and doing it her way. But he's like, if anybody ever says that he wasn't a great video director, I will fight them because he's just done so much beautiful work, not just with Janet, but others, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we didn't even say how ridiculously pretty she is in this video. Whoever feathered cut her hair, they feather cut it to the teeth. The feather is immaculate. (laughs) It has to be Janet's attune. And speaking of the video, this video also appears on the video compilation Design of a Decade, 1986 through 1996. I still have the VHS 
for design of a decade. I think it's not the conversation at all, but one day we're going to have to talk about design of a decade because it is for the years 1986 to 1996. Didn't it come out in 1995? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I know that is because it came, history came out and then I had to turn around and try to cop this. <laughs> like that. When you predict your decade, like I'm going to be hot. So we can go ahead and put this out now. <laughs> but you know what Janet was doing. This was like, let me give y'all this last, uh, this the last record of my deal so we can re-up. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Jenna knew what she was doing. I wasn't even mad. I'm not even mad. We're talking about business. And savvy. she's a business man. <laughs> business. <laughs> Jenna, like, y'all ain't paying me enough. Let me give y'all this right here. Right. Take here. Take these little 10 songs. <laughs> get out my face. <laughs> All right. Throw me and run away for good measure and get all out my face. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I'm going to really be kind of angry and that's because of the live performances i feel like this song oh god this song it was mistreated yeah. you have to <sighs> this song was mistreated point blank period yes and you brought up an interesting fact that it was not on the velvet rope tour nope not on the velvet rope tour it was on the janet tour but it was cut from the set list after the first leg like ma'am Ma'am, what? That hurt. And then it always gets the medley treatment, like ma'am. Oh, and y'all, let just just picture it, Jenny. And I, I understand how it comes in because when she sits on that on that stool, grabs that mic <laughs> and dab her face, looking beautiful as always. And you hear the strings. You're like, oh yeah, Jennifer to take us back. And she does like the first verse and a little bit of the chorus. And then she goes into something else, like, let's wait a while, funny hot times. I'm just like, uh-uh, no, don't do my, don't do my chair like that. It deserves at least three minutes. Give us three. It deserves, it deserves more. It has never had a moment. Well, I can't say never, because I feel like maybe during the Rhythm Nation tour, she may have sang almost, you know, a full three minutes, but it deserves more. And sometimes it's with terrible things. Like I, I have blocked out my mem- my memory of some of the bad combinations, but I know one of them included nothing. And like, oh. why would you do that? Uh, why, why would you do that? Um, you could have easily left that one off and just saying, come back to me. Oh. Uh, but for the most part, like the Metleys, I get it because, you know, it's, it's usually, she's usually slamming a bunch of jams together. Like the Off of You tour, it was Come Back to Me, Let's Wait a While, and again, State of the World, it was Where Are You Now, Come Back to Me, The Body That Loves You. Like, I can't, that's, that's, that's a killer, that's a killer slow jam run right there. She can cut again, Where Are You Now, uh, it's okay. But she couldn't just do Come Back to Me. It's okay. It. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. It's I okay. sit and wonder where. Don't let it out. <laughs> <sighs> let it breathe. I don't even have no more thoughts. You said it. Okay. Come on now. She don't have to do again all the time. I mean. This is true. This is true. Again is a song that I love. But also like if y'all never played it again, I wouldn't notice. <laughs> Now that's the song that I'm embarrassed. What's the come on? I'ma sing it. Oh no. I don't even if you play nothing and again, you really gonna see me just give you a stare face because I'm just like, I can't even fake this. Those should never happen at the same time. Those two songs should never be in the same place at the same time. No. That's when you grab your purse and get on up. And I don't even have a purse. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm for real. Like I'm telling you now. I mean, let's wait a while. She has to do because it's just an awesome song. But in how time flies, you know, is to me like the most underrated slow jam jam on on the radio. One time you get love is on when Keith Sweat decides to do a quiet storm mix. Um, Child of Love is okay, but come back to me. It was at least that should be a rule three minutes at least. And she can give me strings a minute and a half of it. That's fine. I just need to let it breathe after I sing the chord. <laughs> and just go, I don't have nothing to say. String. Yeah. 
and then like another part of my song uh, of this song I like is when she I guess you could say out lives it out or when she goes oh darling I don't want to let you go Ooh, touches your mm-hmm. soul Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so good. I love it so much. Well, my crown. I need some crown. Just, whew. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Janet. Janet. Yeah. That right there. If you don't love this song, I have to fight you. Because th- this. And this song is still so good to this day. Like, it could come out right now. And I will bump it. It's such a pure ballad. It's so good. Anytime you hear it. And if you go a long time without hearing it, it's like the first time all over again. Mm-hmm. It just gives you all the good feels. Like sometimes I listen to songs and I may think about other songs in between it. Like, oh, this came out the same time, blah, blah, blah. But when I hear this song and when I hear Tony, 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 whatever you want, I'm zoomed. I'm focused. I, it, I don't, my mind doesn't wander. I'm just so totally focused on the lyrics the music and, and the feel of the song. So, I mean, I don't can only name maybe 10 songs that do that for me. And out of those 10, two of them are Ashley Janet songs. This song, Is it weird that two of mine are troop? <laughs> Whoa. Okay, I know this is not Janet. But what two troop songs out of the five that they had <laughs> takes you there? And one of them probably is a Jackson remake. <laughs> Okay, that's true. This is true. <laughs> All I do is think of you is a song that is it puts you you zoned. Yeah. You whatever time, I don't know how long that song is, but those is just minutes lost because you you ain't gonna get nothing done. And then uh, I will always love you. Do you remember that song, my troop? Mm-mm. Oh man, when we're done, when we hang up, oh, I'm gonna send you a link boy. and I want you to put your headphones in because this sounds even better than you can remember. Because back then, you know, we didn't have great audio equipment. And now I'm like, oh, there's other notes in this song too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that lets you know how this, how much I love this song. It's just a great love song and it just takes me. Goodness. Well, you have all the moments you want. Um, I thought I watched this video again to see why this man in this train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else to say. Oh my God. I don't have nothing else to say. That's it. See? You love this song. That is it for us for now. If you need more Janet Jackson, which we know you need more Janet Jackson, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're already a subscriber, please tell a Janet Jackson fan about us and leave us a rating or review whenever you're listening. Your comments and ratings help other people find us, especially on iTunes. If you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Janet Jackson Pod. If you are following, thank you for every like and every single retweet, especially on episode releases. Those are simple things you can do and they go a long way to help us reach new Janet Jackson fans. Our intro and outro music, Good For You, is provided by THBD and is licensed under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks for listening to Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. Yes, I think that it's supposed to be him getting on the train or the one holding the luggage waiting at the train station in the beginning. And it's him who gets on the train at the end. I could be very wrong, but I feel like that's what I saw in my one thorough watching. <laughs> okay, so now that we have seen the video again, what you think? Uh-uh-uh. Cousin, you good. Because I sure didn't pay attention to that. And you done, you done ragged on me all this time for not having watched the video. And you done watched it 4,000 times. Oh, finish it 11 times. I just know her and Renee were walking. They were walking. <laughs> Like, why is he walking? Why he got to be in the video so much? Why why he howling up in it like that? Ah, you know I've seen this video so many times, and I really never paid attention to it. I'm just jamming out and missing the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, treating me bad. I apologize, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I wasn't for sure, and I'm still not for sure, but...
I think that's what I saw. And you done saw what I saw. So at least two people have yeah. interpreted this this way. So it is done. Signed, still yeah. delivered. Where two or three, I gathered. Mm -hmm. The truth shall be revealed. <laughs> wow. I'm man, I just can't believe it. as many times as I watched that video. Oh, well. I'm going to say, in my defense, I was a child when I last saw this video. I don't know what your defense is. I was zoned out. Okay, that's that's real. That's, that's real. I zoned out. I was in my, in my feelings, like Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, right. do you love me? All right. 